If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sloan. I'm 14, and I know the NBA. On today's show, when this former NBA player was my age, he dreamt of playing in his hometown Orlando, Florida, and he did. Today on Sloan Knows, I'm talking to Chandler Parsons about who he was at 14 and who he thinks is the best NBA style in a ton more. Okay, this is Sloan Notes. So everyone knows you as Chandler Parsons, the NBA player. But I'm more curious to know who Chandler Parsons, the 14-year-old in middle school, was. So you know what's interesting is 14 for me, that was kind of when my life kind of changed. So my whole life, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. I was the youngest of four boys. I played baseball. And I was pretty good. I won national championship three years in a row. I played all, all around the country on this travel team. And the high school my brothers went, their basketball program was awful. And none of them really played. They all played baseball. And so when I was 14, it was kind of that time in my life where, you know, I started having growth spurts. I started, things started happening in my body. And baseball, I wasn't very good. I was, I can kind of see myself falling off, right? And so I started playing basketball at the park. And... Literally just one thing led to another where, you know, my freshman year of high school when I was 14 years old, I had made varsity baseball, but JV basketball. And I just remember I was like, man, I, put, I spent so much time my whole childhood and it's all I knew was baseball growing up till I was 14. Now I'm and I'm even still better at it currently, but I like basketball so much more. And I was so burnt out of baseball to where I remember I went to one game and my mom, I didn't start. And my mom was livid <laughs> and she literally like pulled me out of the lock of the dugout and was like, you're playing basketball now. This baseball program is horrible. Like, fo and, yeah, and I was growing. I was growing at like a rapid pace. I went, How tall were you? I went from like six foot to six five in like three months and a size 12 shoe to 15 shoe. Like and it was the most gnarly growth spur ever. And so that was when when I was 14, that's when I started really focusing and kind of my life started being all about basketball, kind of finishing up eighth grade, going into high school is where I started really focusing in and narrowing it on basketball when you were 14 did you think
think that you could play in the NBA or that wasn't even a thought? No chance. No chance. I just honestly, I just wanted to make the team. I probably just wanted to, you know, be on varsity to get girls and to look <laughs> cool. And, and I loved it. Right. I grew up in Orlando. I was the biggest Orlando Magic fan. That's definitely not a fun team. No, but I would always watch. And like back in the day when I was growing up, like Shaq and Penny, that team, they were nasty. So I would watch the game on my house growing up. And during a timeout, whatever I would see, I'd go out to my backyard and I would try and react it, like reenact it and do everything they just did. So I kind of like, I always dreamt of like, man, one day, but I thought those guys were aliens. I thought it was so far away. I never could imagine myself making the NBA. Who was like your idol when you were 14? So that was kind of like when I started getting into basketball, I had loved those magic teams. I'd love Shaq and Penny and I had always loved Dirk Nowitzki, mm-hmm. which full circle. I put, ended up playing yeah. with him for two years in Dallas, which was unbelievable. Like he's coming to my wedding in October. Like so it's cool. now he's my boy. But yeah, I, would, I wore... There was one year in elementary school where I wore a Dirk jersey in my yearbook picture, and I wore a Vince Carter jersey in my yearbook pictures, and I ended up playing with both of them. Did you show them those pictures? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. That's so cool. Well, what was the thing that you remember most about middle school? Like, did you like it? I mean, I'm sure if you were 6'5", it was pretty fun for you. Yeah, well, I wasn't 6'5 quite yet, but yeah, I mean, middle school, I just remember, like, it was walking distance from my parents' house and everywhere. It was just like a big neighborhood, like camp every single day. Like I loved middle school. I was never a big school guy. I really hated school, but I always was loved sports. I always was active. I was always playing like the intramural volleyball tournaments or dodgeball, whatever it was that week. And it was always hard for me to like pay attention in class, but whenever it was sports related, I was next level, like dialed could, you know, I could tell you any offensive set or defensive coverage. And it just came to me easy when for whatever reason, when it was sports related. What was your dream college at 14? Did you always want to go to the University of Florida? I did. I had always wanted to go there. I grew up an hour and a half south of Gainesville. And so I was always the biggest Gator fans. I would actually go to camps there when I was younger. I would go to Billy Donovan basketball camps. My schools would go to team camps. Yeah, I've gone to all the like UCLA soccer camps. Is that where you want to go, UCLA? Mm, I don't know, because like, I think I want to leave LA. Because I think I'm going to come back here yeah, when I'm an really? adult. So I feel like for those four years, I might as well go. But UCLA over USC? Yeah, probably. Better area. Okay, so when you were 14, like, what were you scared of? Because I feel like you were this big guy. You played baseball. You played basketball. Like, what were your biggest fears? Like, I'm petrified of pigeons. Pigeons? Yeah, which I feel like is, like, maybe, like, a kid thing. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I've never been into clowns. Hated mm. clowns and, like, people growing up. People always have clowns at their parties, and I think it's freaky, and I think it's weird. I think there's no place for clowns. Honestly, growing up with four boys, like, I think that's really what helped me pave my career, too, is I was the youngest of four big dudes. So, like, I was always playing with kids older than me. I was always playing against bigger, stronger guys to where I would play against kids my own age. And I'm, this is easy. Like, this is coming so easy because I'm so used to my brothers just picking on me and beating me up. So, honestly, I was more scared of them than pigeons or clowns. But I feel like with a clown now that you're like a grown man, you could just like walk up to a clown. Yeah, now now there's no beef with clowns. Yeah, you definitely have a height advantage. Yeah, I got it. Now that we know who you were when you were 14, let's talk about now. So what do you think 14-year-old you would think about current Chandler Parsons? Um, I think they would not believe it, the kind of career I had, who I've become. Um, growing up where I grew up, it's that doesn't really happen often and just... You know, to really say that I fulfilled and lived out my dream is is really awesome. And, you know, I played nine years in the NBA and uh, played four years at my dream college, uh, getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, University of Florida in October. So, yeah, I think they'd be really proud. I think they'd be really hyped. Do you ever, whenever you were in the middle of a game, did you ever just, like, think and, like, look around and be like, this is so surreal. Like, I, when I was a kid, I would not believe yeah. this. 
you have those moments. It's usually you have the moments like going up against someone. Like I said, when I when I signed in Dallas and I played with Dirk or in Atlanta when I played with Vince Carter, those were those moments where even though that was later in my career where I was like, man, this is nuts. And then my first two years, I'm going up against like Kobe and Kevin Garnett. And I used to have posters on my wall against these guys. And now it's just kind of this full circle where I'm competing against them and I'm and I'm trying to, you know, do well against them. So it's definitely surreal, but I think once you're in the heat of it and once you're competing, all that stuff kind of goes away. Speaking of that, what was like your welcome to the league moment? Um, you know what? I was I loved the Celtics growing up. So right on draft day when I got drafted, the the coach and the GM of the Houston Rockets was Kevin McHale. And I loved him. I loved Robert Paris. I love Larry Bird. So like the first phone call on draft night that I got was from like another like kind of childhood yeah. hero that I had watched up and him calling me on my cell phone telling me that they're drafting me and spending millions of dollars on me was kind of surreal. Yeah, that's crazy. And also was it even like surreal when you played the Magic for the first time? Yeah, that was that was probably honestly the most nervous I had ever been playing in a game cuz honestly basketball had come pretty easy to me where I'd never gotten nervous and then I played on big stages and March Madness and playoffs and but for whatever reason knowing that, you know, Everybody I grew up with, all my family, everybody that was close to me is there. And I knew they were watching when I was on the road, but that was, that just, yeah, that hit a little harder. Do you know who Bones Highland is? I do. Did you see that story? That was crazy. Yeah. On the Nuggets, 500 people came to watch And there was something it. where like a, a, see someone, a firefighter saved him from yeah. a fire and they all came exactly. too. Exactly. I saw that was like, I think what happened was, was like his house bur- like was burning down and then they told him he can never play basketball again. And then because of those firefighters, he could. And I saw they gave him like a and jacket. And he was hooping too. He killed that game. Yeah, I know. He had like 21. I think he was like five for seven on threes. Now you're just showing yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I watch a lot of House of Highlights videos. Yeah. That's for sure. Because... Well, I guess because you were from Orlando, when you played the Magic, did you like, did you like go off? Like, so the first, my first couple of years, they were really good. That was like the Dwight Howard, Jameer Nelson, Turkaloo, Ryan Anderson, Richard Lewis. They went to the finals that year. And I remember my first couple of games, I didn't play much as my rookie year. And so I remember we played Orlando on Christmas Day in Orlando and I didn't play and I was devastated. Ugh. And I was on the West Coast. So I only played them that one time in Orlando. Yeah. So that was it till my second year. But then, yeah, I used to cook them all the time yeah. when I'd go back home. I can't imagine what it would be like just like being there and thinking about how when you were a kid, you used to go there and like look at that and be like, that was your dream. And then you got to just like. It's funny because my grandpa had season tickets, row G or section G, row 106. And I would like when I was playing, I would remember I would be looking at that section yeah. Thinking like, damn, I used to sit there and like watch these guys play it. Okay, so who is your least favorite player to play against? Like, who every time you just they were dribbling up the ball, you're just like, I do not want to guard them. That's just so tough. You know what's funny? I have three players that had were very good players, but not like you know Hall of Fame guys that yeah. just used to destroy me. One was Wilson Chandler. One was Rudy Gay, and one was Danny Granger. And they all got buckets. Like they were all very, very yeah. good. Not, but I'm talking like 30, 40 every single time they saw me, like they would just destroy me. Yeah, I saw something where I feel like it was like Draymond or something. And he was talking about people that are like just not fun to guard. And I think he said Reggie Jackson. And I was just sort of like, that's so random. I get Reggie Jackson. He, uh, Reggie Jackson, he's very shifty. He's crafty. The way he handles the ball, it's, it's, it's unique. So it makes him very hard to cover. Speaking of that, the Clippers without Paul George have been, I mean, Reggie Jackson's been balling this this year. It's really impressive with Ty Lue and what they're doing and, you know, guys like Luke Kennard and, you know, they have a lot of these role players that have kind of been pushed into this bigger role with Marcus Morris. These guys are really hooping and, you know, 
if they make the playoffs, which I'm, I think they're going to, if and they get those two guys back, they'll be fun to watch. And the young guys like Terrence Mann and stuff, they've been playing so well too. They, they, yeah, they're deep, they're young, they're athletic, they're yeah. big, and then they got two stars just yeah, on the when show. When they come back, I, that's going to be crazy. You like the Clippers over the Lakers? No, I'm a Warriors fan. Oh. Yeah. I like the Clippers over the Lakers. Were you always a Warriors fan or are you now a Warriors fan because they're good? Like, I really, people always ask me that, and I have to be like, I show them this one picture of me when I was, like, eight. Yeah. And, like, okay, maybe they had, like, one chip. But, like, still, I was eight. So yeah. that's, like, my, that was, like, the beginning of when I could start to be a fan. Just don't go yeah. switch into the Lakers once they get good in the war. And- oh, first off, that's not going to happen. And second of all, I won't. And, like, I, I okay, I know that this isn't as bad as, like, being a Magic fan just, like, forever. Yeah. But, like, when the Warriors, when Steph broke his hand and Clay was out, like, I was, like, there when like Kai Bowman was the starting point guard. And I know that that was just a year, but I was there. Yeah. Like I was like, come on, Alec Burks, win us the game. Like that's not a fun thing to yeah. say. For yeah. Well, I think they got a chance this year. They've only played 11 minutes with each other in three years. I think, yeah. I mean, listen, they got two of the best shooters of all time on their team. And when, when they're healthy, it's all about health going in the playoffs. Like whoever's, even the Lakers, like I, I think the Lakers are garbage right now. Right. But if the minute they get fully healthy and then they can get hot for a month and win it all. Why not? I mean, I don't think they're going to get hot for a month and win it all. That's right. But I'm just saying, like they have, they have two top ten players in the world with LeBron and AD. If they're healthy, I don't want to play them first round. Through shade on Russ there. I love Russ. He's a Hall of Famer, but <laughs> he's now a 79 overall in 2K. But you know what? Russ is. He's one of the greatest point guards of all time. He's one of the greatest players, and he's just not a good fit on that team. Like they should have went for shooting. They should have went. I would rather have like a Halliburton and Buddy Heal than Westbrook up yeah. to mesh with that team. It's unfortunate because it would be so cool to see them all win a chip. But yeah, yeah, it just wasn't the right fit. Okay, so now let's segue into definitely my favorite segment. Takes hotter than Kelly Oubre Jr. Oh boy. Stephen A. Smith is known for his hot takes, but have you ever seen takes hotter than Kelly Oubre Jr.? I don't think so. Not until the two of us are about to get really hot. Okay, so it doesn't have to be exactly in 10 seconds, but I just want you to give me like a very, a pretty quick answer. So first off, which NBA player is the best dressed? Oof, the best dressed NBA. I mean, people like Russ's style, like, but I think it's a little out there. Yeah, I'm more of like a classy Mike Conley style. Mm, nice. Did you see Jared Allen at the All-Star game? Pathetic. <laughs> so funny. Like, I get, I understood his point. You know what, that's what makes him such a good teammate and a player, because he's so simple, and he doesn't, no matter how how many All-Stars, championships, that dude's not changing. No. Okay, so next, who has the best shoe game? I mean, I like your shoes. My shoe game is pretty good. I'm retired, so I'm going to take me out of this. PJ Tucker, by far. You know he has house for his shoes? He's got every Jordan, every Nike, every shoe you could ever yeah. imagine. Next, who is the funniest NBA player? The funniest NBA player, um, I think Luca is hilarious. Like yeah. he's people don't see that side of him very much, just because I mean he hasn't been around that long and he's pretty serious on the court. But he's a he's a humble, quiet, soft spoken guy, but he's hilarious. Yeah, I like when he pl- um, juggles the basketball like a soccer ball. Oh yeah, all the European guys are yeah. pretty yeah. so good at that. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, though, I think if I went into a juggling contest with Luca, like soccer juggling. I can't even juggle with my hands. I've done like 300 in my day. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Luca would definitely beat me in a 1v1, 1v1 basketball wise, but soccer, I think I, I think I have it on. Wow. You got to yeah. set that up. Oh, please do. Please do. Okay. So, oh, wow. That was such a perfect segue and I didn't even mean to. Which NBA player would be the best professional soccer player? Um, it's got to be a European guy. You know who's nasty at soccer is Joel Embiid. Really? He'd probably be a goalie, but he is nasty at soccer. 
well, he would cover the whole goal. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was thinking. That's why I was thinking goalie. <laughs> he would just be like, you would shoot it, try to go top corner, and he just like he wouldn't even move. He just put his hand out there and like grab it. Okay, so then who of any of your NBA teammates was the best singer? Like who in the locker room were you just like, oh. wow, this beautiful voice? I honestly don't know if any. Probably none of them. No. Dame and Miles Bridges rap. I mean, they rap and Shumpert like dances. Yeah, oh, <laughs> dances. Kind of. So singing, I don't. I don't know that I've ever heard any of my teammates like really sing. I wouldn't even know who to pick. You know what? No one sings. I guess yeah. Dame raps, but that's not like singing, like opera. Yeah, that's not really a, a trait of the NBA guys. I guess yeah. maybe if you're really good at basketball, you just have a horrible voice. Can't have it all. Yeah, exactly. No one's perfect. Okay, so which NBA player would you vote for for president? Which NBA player would I vote for for president? It would be it would be like an older guy. It would be a guy that's been around for a while. I would vote for like a I would vote for like a Jeff Green type, someone that's that's been around the block, yeah. vet, plays right, plays smart, good decision maker. I feel like someone like Jeff Green I'd go with. Yeah, I feel like Iggy would be a really good president. Iguodala would be great. Someone, exactly. Because the only reason I think he's even on the Warriors is to sort of be like the, well, not the president, but he's just there to be like the vet. He, I swear he's played four games. Those guys like Iguodala, Vince Carter, those guys that keep getting deals at the end of their career, those are the presidential candidates. Chris Paul would be a great president. Well, totally. Well, isn't he the president of the Players Association? That's, yeah, exactly. He's got practice. He's a leader. Go with Sort of CP. like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That'd be cool if like once like LeBron retired or something, he just like runs for governor of California. Yeah, probably not LeBron, but I'd take it. Well, yeah, he pr- yeah, okay, fine. Let's just go with Chris Paul of maybe the governor of Arizona. There we go. Interesting. That would work. That would. Okay, so which NBA player do you think would be the best TikToker? You know, I'm not on TikTok. I obviously I know what TikTok is and I'm I Why? I'm familiar. I just haven't got there yet. I feel like a real old head when I'm saying this, but like I haven't got there. Definitely would be like these younger like a, like Trey Young would feel like would be good on TikTok. He's kind of dancey. RJ Hampton is is famous on TikTok, and I always think that's funny. Me and Michael's best friend, Dan Frank, is his agent. I had no idea he was big on TikTok. But someone like that, one of these younger millennial well, Quentin type Quentin Grimes, he's like good at TikTok. Is he? Yeah. He posts funny things like after the game, he'll just post. And then there's Trey Mann, I think is his name, on OKC. He went to Florida. He's he's a decent TikToker. And what do they, they dance? Well, they dance. They do like, here is the life of an NBA player. And they like show like shoot around or film or. Yeah, basically. And they're like, they like show like RJ Hampton does like a lot of like magic facility and early in the morning stuff. He's decent at that. That's cool. But some of those NBA teams, like they go crazy on TikTok or the NFL teams. I mean, like the Lions. Oh, actually, the Kings have a really funny. TikTok. Lions have to do something to stay relevant. Yeah, exactly. Same with the Kings. Like their TikTok manager, I swear, outwardly just like we suck. So we might as well be it good at tiktok is it more humor or it's or is it more just like personal show you like like humor stuff like this is the first time we've beat the lakers in 30 years <laughs> so kind of clown themselves yeah they basically clown themselves. cool but i feel like maybe the guys that are the best at tiktok are the guys who don't really get that many minutes it's dicey too because when people start seeing you do stuff like that and then you play bad it's yeah, it's people want to judge you for everything you do off the court which is ridiculous but yeah they got to be careful doing that stuff Okay, so I have to admit, I think I do know a lot about the NBA, and you probably do too. So I thought it would be fun to invite you to play a game with me called Sloan Knows. And to be fair, I haven't seen any of these cards yet. So I'll read a question, and then you'll read a question, and then we'll flip over the card, and then each other, we have to guess. But these are definitely starting off simple. Okay, so whose nickname is the Greek Freak? Giannis. Which NBA player starred in a Burger King commercial as a kid? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to... Yes. This is easy? 
I feel like it has to be an NBA player's, like the dad was an NBA player. Because like, I don't know why I just feel like that. Maybe. This is the second easiest question, which is what, which is what's wrong. Okay, I'm going to guess like Eric Gordon, just because he looks like the little kid in Space Jam and maybe it was okay. him. That's fair. This is like definitely not right, but I'm just going to say Seth Curry. It just somehow feels. You said Seth Curry. It's Steph Curry. What? He was in Burger King? And, by the way. I, I knew that somehow. I had like a like an intuition. Unfortunately, you got it wrong. Well, okay. Well, I was close. NBA champion Kyrie Irving um, was born in which country? He was born in Australia. <sighs> yeah, you got that one. Okay. So which NBA player is um 6'9 and a Scorpio and from Florida? Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seems so confused. Okay. Oof. Which NBA player went to medical school? Feels like Kevin Love, but it's probably not. I'm going to say Iguodala. But even though he didn't, I don't even think he graduated college. Yeah, he didn't. Pau Gasol. Huh. I was confused with the question. I was thinking current NBA players. It's interesting, too, because he's from Spain. I didn't, he didn't play college basketball, so I would never have guessed that. And that actually makes sort of sense because you couldn't. Did you even go to that many classes when you played? Is this on the record or off the record? I went to all of them. Okay. But, it, but let's just pretend no one's listening. Very few. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So which former NBA player is over seven feet tall and won championships with both the Lakers and the Miami Heat? I know. There's there's two. Okay, give me both. LeBron and Shaq. Seven footer. Shaq. No, it's definitely Shaq. This isn't really part of anything, but LeBron or MJ, I'm just going to end with that because it feels right. Okay. You know what? Michael Jordan is my favorite player of all time. I think he's the GOAT. He's the coolest, dopest brand, dopest logo. I think LeBron James is better at basketball. Oh my God, that is not what I thought. I you think, you know what, how I, how I compare? You know, like the Razor phones or the sidekicks back in the day, the cell phones? Yeah. Really cool, right? Dope. We thought it was the best thing ever. Then the iPhone came out. That's Michael Jordan and LeBron. LeBron's just a faster, better, stronger version. And it's not fair. It's not a fair argument because now LeBron has the resources and the, all the craziest technology and, and things like that to... to Stats-wise, it's not even a question. But Yeah, and it's, I just think when you look at them, I think obviously they're top two. So the fact that we're arguing over one and two is yes. nice. But I would, I would go with LeBron. I feel like almost kids can't even speak on it because, like, I wasn't alive to see the, like, magic of MJ. Yeah. You know, I've watched, like, videos, but I wasn't there really being able to, like, watch MJ. And The guy was unbelievable. The other day I came from soccer practice and it was, like, really late. And, like, LeBron just, like, shot. That was the night he had 50 for the second time. And he, like, shot this sort of, like, fadeaway jumper. And it just, like, went really high. Like, I can't really explain what was so amazing about it. But it was so high arcing and it went in. And I just sort of looked at that and I was like. I can't believe I'm watching that. Jordan is way more likable. Yeah. And what, you don't like Taco Tuesday? I don't. I just he's, he's really corny. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> but Michael Jordan also didn't have social media while he played. It's true. If social media was following all these guys around where they're going to dinner and TMZs yeah. of the world and all this stuff, it would be a totally different. I like that you posted a photo dump in Cabo because I posted one at the same place. Yeah. And I was like, look at you being a teenage girl yes. on social media. That's impressive. That's more Haley doing the aesthetic yeah. look of my, I'm not really good at that, but. Yeah, okay. Fine. And my, my, my page was private because this lawsuit I was in with a car crash I got in Atlanta. So now I'm, now I'm back open. So now I'll start and getting. And now you're little, all photo yeah, now I'll get, get I'll get with it. Well, but anyway, but like, also, we don't know if MJ had TikTok, he could be like doing the whole, like, do you know who Jared McCain is? No. Okay. So he's this, like, he just won Gatorade State Player of the Year and he's on Centennial, which won the state championship. And he has a million followers on TikTok and he does like the whole dance thing. And like, mm -hmm. you never know. Doesn't that Mahomes' brother, he's, he's. Everyone says that whenever the Chiefs lose, everyone is like the reason why they lost. Is yeah. He's, he's getting, he always gets, he gets just ethered at the games.
I don't know if this is true, but apparently because of all of his social media presence, Patrick Mahomes requested that his doesn't brother go to the game and his wife. Yeah. Well, his, his wife, that's mean. The brother's kind of getting to the point where he's a distraction. They're talking about him more than like Patrick and the Chiefs. So it's kind of, it's kind of annoying. Yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> it's really funny that they'll be like losing and he'll just be just like, you know, doing all, all these dances. Yeah. yeah. But he gets a large amount of hate. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I would like to see like a LeBron MJ TikTok battle. That would be interesting. I don't like, think great. I don't think MJ would ever give in. I feel like the old school guys are so cut in their ways. I could see LeBron on Shaq TikTok. Does TikTok Shaq's with his hilarious. sons? He Shaq is such an awesome dude. Like such a big personality. Like he, Shaq's the best. To an NBA player who's six nine, does Shaq even look so giant? Monster. Really? So I went to Houston right after Yao Ming left, but he would always come around. Uh-huh. That dude is. I'm sure. I have a picture with him. I got to show you guys one day. It's. I look like you next to me is what I look like next to Yao Ming. Really? It's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like when I stand next to you, I'm like, I look up at you and I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's crazy to think that there's people on earth. There's like Boban, so Boban, uh-huh. Yao Ming, like the, even like big, like Joel Embiid and like Demarcus Cousins. These guys are huge. Yeah. yeah like, oh, well, Kawhi's hands. Oh my God. They're so big. It's yeah. crazy. I don't know if you've seen it. There's this thing where he holds like four water, like those water bottles, the arrowhead ones. He holds like four of them in his hand and he just like, well, the claw. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, this was so fun. There we go. I think you're going to be a big hit. Thanks for listening to Sloan Notes. Keep up to date with me and all of my other interviews by following Sloan Knows on TikTok and Instagram. Sloan has an E, by the way. If you want to see all the fun NBA action coming from me because I know the NBA, make sure to leave a review. Thanks for listening to Sloan Notes. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.